Hello, and welcome to my horror movie podcast. That's it. That's it? Yeah. That's so simple. I know. Can't overcomplicate stuff, man. No. People overcomplicate shit all the time. <laughs> um, so I'm going to need you to introduce yourself, because I think it's important that you give the spiel. Yeah, okay. I So my name is Jomo Senpai, a.k.a. John Morton, and I am probably best known as a Twitch streamer, content creator on the internet. Uh, I'm also a connoisseur of memes <laughs> on a global basis. I also uh, am the number one obtainer and wielder of... Many, many hundreds of headbands, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, that's so, nice. I see you wearing and one humble, right now. Yes, thank you. I, I try not to go... Um, and I, I do not have an imprint along my forehead, by the way. <laughs> or a tan? I just, I just like the comfort of them, and they maintain my massive head of hair, as yeah. you can see, is very it's big. Uh, large. How long is your hair? You know, I've never measured it, oh, but okay. I think it's it's down. It's it's like further than my belly button. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. That's how and long I, I want my hair. I'm like, yeah, I'm like a big six foot tall Canadian lumberjack too. So there's a lot of room length. Yeah. Mm, my partner has really long hair. He is six foot three and has like hair halfway down his back. And I always like put it on my head and pretend it's my hair. And I'm just like, oh. What do you think of my um, my getup? By the way, I love way? it. What's has it got? So much <laughs> on it? Where did you get that? Um, my my uh, colleagues got this for That's me. That's really cool. What does it and say it's on my, it? I you, I, don't I don't know, know either. There's a bunch of sumo wrestlers. It's on cool. It. And it's I my uh, like my work attire <laughs> on it. Mine was on just every, pajamas. Like, Except when I had a meeting, I was like, oh, shit, I've got to put, like, an actual shirt and bra on now. <laughs> yeah, I just don't turn the video on. Oh, see, know. we had to because we had teams. And so everyone's like, video chat. And I'm like, oh, no. Just say it's, just say your cam's not working. I have conjunctivitis. So you don't want to see that. Sorry, guys. <laughs> they all know I stream, so they're like, as if your camera's screwed. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the conundrum. <laughs> okay. Um, so for this episode you're what um it's uh, just really bad at segues <laughs> oh my gosh don't even worry about it i i have been waiting i have been waiting for like two to three weeks to tell you about the first time i watched uh american psycho please can you please tell me because i now i need to know <laughs> so i so it's one of these movies it was one of these movies where so many people had been telling me to watch it for so long. Like they, people kept, I was going through my life for at least a few years with people just shocked that I had not seen it. <laughs> um, and eventually uh, I had just moved into this new place uh, with a roommate. I was like done. I was all done moving in. I was like, I'm going to order pizza and watch a movie. And it's like, oh, I've, I have to watch American Psycho now. And uh, I wasn't, you know, I, I went into it blind. I didn't know that much about it. I just, okay. everyone had hyped it up. And it was almost like immediately when I started watching it. And 
immediately I was just like completely sucked into this, the bizarre life that Christian Bale's character was playing mm. and how immediately it starts out and he's got his morning routine <laughs> and he is su- like, he's such a psycho about yeah. every little detail. And um, that was like such a crazy way to kind of like enter the movie, like enter the story and understand the character like, and who we're nuts. kind of dealing with here. Cause the title is American psycho. Mm. And then uh, the more and more it like went along, uh, it was just like the whole time my jaw was dropped, <laughs> you know? And then eventually like different climaxes throughout the movie would happen. And it was, it was just like shock after shock after shock. Um, but uh Yeah. That's the first time wow. I watched American Psycho. I think Psycho. I would have been... I can't remember how old I was when I first watched it. Because I read it... Because the book came out in like 19... I've got the date here for the book. Um, so you read the book first? Yes. Yeah, I've read the book. Because <clears throat> it, it came out in 1991. Wow. And then this movie came out in 2000. But I didn't watch it because I would have only been like 11 in 2000. Um, so yeah. definitely didn't watch it. But I was like, oh, what's this book about? And so I read the book, but then it would have been a couple of years later that I watched the movie. So I might have been maybe 19 or 20 when I first watched it. And I'm pretty sure that my best friend at the time, she was obsessed with the movie. So she was like, we've got to watch this movie. And (laughs) she used to quote it all the time. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? And she's like, oh, it's American Psycho. You have to watch it. And I'm a huge Christian Bale fan. And so I was like, why hadn't I seen this? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think I would have mm-hmm. been yeah, in like maybe 19 or 20 when I watched it. Well, it's also an interesting time to talk about it. Yeah. Um, because of like the global sort of political landscape, how we've got sort of a psychopath in holding office in the US. Mm. And as, as you know, like you, being in Australia, me being in Canada whatever happens in the u.s does have like an echo it has like a like a an echo effect in other countries and um yeah it's just it's it's really a good time to watch it again because you you can actually see a lot of um a lot of similarities between (laughs) christian bale's character and how he kind of just operates and interacts with people yeah and it's really the same it's yeah, it's it's scary, um, you know, to think to think that uh, a movie that, um, and uh, like a story because it was a book first mm. that just the whole purpose of it was to portray this like psychopath um, in society. Yeah, because Brett Easton this... Ellis was really young when he wrote this. I think this was in his first year at liter- uh, li- literary school. Like, no way. I don't. I don't know what. I have a feeling he went to NYU. I'm, I don't know why I get that. Maybe it's because I'm like NYU's known for like writers and actors, and mm, <laughs> maybe. But he was possibly. I think it was he was really young when he wrote this, so it's really interesting that he had this kind of um, perspective on the typical male in America, and that's what he was trying to present: like that there are so many men out there like this, and that they just blend into the crowd and nobody notices. Yeah, well, I went through, totally, I went through a period um, 
where I was like, I was quite obsessed with like the the psychology around sociopaths and psychopaths. Mm. And I got a bunch of books on them. And so I was quite familiar with, with how, you know, psychopaths are, you know, clinically um, looked at in society and in business. Uh, there's this famous book called Snakes in Suits, where uh, it's it's really broken down and how a lot of psychopaths tend to end up in these very powerful, yeah. high level uh, positions of seniority and leadership because they know so well how to manipulate their way into different you know circles and systems and uh i just the the way they they showed they the way they showed that and yeah. portrayed that in the movie uh i thought was was quite clever i mean we don't see we don't see bateman in the movie climb a corporate ladder no like he's, he's already, already he's already there <laughs> well his dad owns but, the company and yes, so, that's right. Yeah, that's so right. he's already like a vice president of the company, and it's just like it kind of shows that these men don't have to work hard to get in those spots. They're kind of just like, here you go, you're a narcissist well, was... and a so like psychopath. You get this job. Like they're immediately yes. liked by people, and it's just so nuts that these systems continuously support this type of behavior, and nothing's done about it. It's just mind blowing. Yeah, and the other the other cool thing uh, to sort of relate the film to our present day is, um, much like how, you know, Patrick Bateman's dad is, you know, the owner of the firm. Mm. Trump, as you probably know, also inherited his wealth from his his father. Yeah, and um, his kids and- are currently benefiting from his position, and it's just like, isn't there anything in? the like legal system to prevent this from happening within government systems because in australia that just wouldn't be a thing like you can't do that here. yeah well i know i know there are this is one of one of the most shocking things about having him in office is there are governing bodies in like north american law and politics that prevent conflicts of interest Mm. like that i.e one of the big things when Trump did come into office is he had to disassociate himself with all of his businesses. Yeah. But you don't really do that. You just pass them off to, you know, your other family and so so there there was a lot of that discussion when when he first got elected, but you know, there's all sorts of other ways to do that yeah. um, you know, in a conniving way without where actually on having paper to... On, yeah, on paper you're disassociated, but really you own some accounts like offshore that could have a uh, uh, an interest in different you know business operations. So it's all just a load of horse shit anyway. Yeah, in Australia, like you just can't get away with that stuff. <laughs> like there's just so much That's... integrity commissions, and it, like you just wouldn't get away with it. Well, that's really impressive to hear because I, I thought the same for the U S I was like, there's no way half the shit is going to fly because of all these commissions, but somehow they had other ideas, other plans. And (laughs) mind you, I am not an expert by any means in like political science or, uh, you know, 
systems, government systems, but I am familiar with some of these governing bodies that are supposed to be a watchdog for yeah. for those exact things. Well, no, he just puts people um, in there to prevent them from watching him. <laughs> yeah, the um, not to digress too much, but I don't know if you've been keeping up to date with the New York Times like expose Ugh. on his tax records. Oh, actually, sorry, I was thinking of a Washington Post thing about his <laughs> Biden's emails, Hunter Biden's emails, that they think oh, that yeah, they're that's... just not real. And I was like, I wouldn't that's be an... surprised if they're fake. That's that's an amazing conspiracy. It is, isn't but, it? No, uh, Trump's, like, somehow the New York Times got this unwavering, uh, irrevocable evidence of, like, yeah. all of Trump's tax returns and records and uh the evidence is just damning mm. you know but it doesn't really matter because you know trump could like commit murder on national television would... and his base would just be like yeah getting the job done or some yeah, weird shit i like posted that. about this on twitter yesterday that the weirdest thing about his like supporter base is that he could literally just say uh oh, people the LGBT community love me. Nobody does more for the LGBT community than me. No evidence, mm -hmm. no proof, no statistics provided, no legislation that he's brought in as supporting documents. He just has to say it, and his supporter base is like, woo, yeah, yeah, you love the gays. And it's just like, what has mm -hmm. he done? Like, I, I'm, as a non-biased perspective, I would want to see evidence. Yeah, it's it's been really it's there's all sorts of uh, all sorts of frustrating yeah like things like that like there's I've been keeping up to date with a a site I've been getting into called Snopes. Mm. Um, yeah, I got that for the fact checking. Yeah, they've they're interesting because they've they've really become uh, a huge part of the internet's sort of uh, source of truth. Yeah. I used to go to um, snopes.com whole... all the time when I was a kid because I'm like, I need to know if this story is true and if this email chain is going to kill me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So they're kind of the, the internet's def definitive mm. fact-checking resource. And uh, they're also, what I like about them is they're also quite, they're just as hard on um, other political yeah. parties as they are on Trump. Trump just has like the most he just says, facts that need to be checked because yeah. everything he fucking says is a lie. Yeah. Uh, so most of it is... I was like, if he didn't lie 600 times a day, Snoops wouldn't have any content, so... Yeah, exactly. That's a really <laughs> good point, actually. Um, one, of my, one of my favorite scenes, one of my favorite scenes in, uh, in American Psycho is when him and his girlfriend are on their way to have dinner. Yeah, with... this is at the start of the film, isn't it? When he... Because we'll go it's, through the film. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. he's with Evelyn, who is played by Bruce Witherspoon. And yes. she's just great. I just love the... Because I know it was filmed in the 2000s, but it's obviously set in the mid-80s. And it's just like the mm -hmm. suits and the clothes... Like the suit... I, I love a fitted suit. So watching this mm -hmm. last night, I was like, oh, they're so baggy and square. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. what is happening? <laughs> yeah. And they're, they're, uh, they're on their way to this like work dinner mm. and 
Patrick Bateman's just like in his own head, kind of rehearsing all the things that he's going to use this on on the this evening to like kind of talk about, you know. And then Reese Witherspoon's character is just like yapping away at all these things, and she says something like, "You're such a square," and Bateman replies, "I just want to fit." in yeah <laughs> it's like such a psychopathic thing to say but i kind because... of felt sad at the same time because i was just like oh i know that he is a psychopath and you know a narcissist but it was like a little bit of human if that mm-hmm. like a little bit of human um like tendencies to be because i know obviously with psychopathy and um there is a lack of that empathy and compassion and he just wants yeah. people to see him as a person maybe the the so that's an interesting take because i did not get that take oh really i think but i'm when, just really when compassionate you, <laughs> well when you explain it that makes sense yeah when, as you were as you were saying that, i was like oh yeah actually that makes total sense it is kind of actually a human thing to say to want to fit in mm. but in my head like knowing how uh, psychopathy works. Yeah. The the desire to fit in is coming from this like place of non emotion, from a place of survival. Okay, that um, makes that makes sense too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, and but but to even say but to even say that to make a statement like that as a psychopath is also rare. Yeah. Because you don't want you don't want people to know really anything about you you just yeah. want to blend in very uh very slyly and you know say what people expect you to say so so like constructing this this image this like version of yourself and um thinking about ways you can use it to get ahead and you know to to get more than others is also very psychopathic yeah um and he does that throughout the whole film like he sets up this real big um like mask of himself like Mm -hmm. this is this is and the thing is like you can see this is who he really is and this is how people see him and that juxtaposition throughout the whole film is really interesting because you're just like wait which one is he like who is he really and i think that maybe in psychopathy that that is that dichotomy that happens not dichotomy sorry like the duality that occurs with someone who is a psychopath like mm-hmm. how they perceive mm-hmm. themselves and how they want to be perceived. The other, the other interesting thing is like, what is, what is the difference? Like, what are the, what are the main differences between a psychopath and a sociopath? I think sociopaths lack empathy, compassion, and relatability. Yeah. Um, and then psych- psychopaths are are just more, I guess, more traditionally. Um, I guess more evil for lack of a better word. I think that they just think that the ends justify the means. Like they're just like, I'm doing this because eventually I'm going to get that and that's fine. And I don't care who I take out along the way. And I think that narcissists do that a lot. Like people with narcissistic personality disorder kind of do that in a way. Yeah. Cause that's, that's always something I get confused about because I, I feel like the, um, narcissism and socio sociopathic uh wording gets used a lot psychopath in in you know pop culture is more used is more like demonized it's more used for people that are like evil like the villain 
yeah. the villain is a psychopath. But... but it's not necessarily that those people are doing, you know, the ultimate evil, but they're doing something mm-hmm. that's, you know, against societal norms and expectations to get what they want or be where they want to be or say what they want. And I think sociopathy kind of fits into that as well. But I think sociopathy is more about you as a social person. So, like, things... um, I read an article last night that um, they labelled Patrick Bateman with um, anti-social personality disorder. Mm, And I was mm -hmm. just like, okay, well, that makes sense. Because obviously with psychopathy, there'd be lots of disorders that go under that. Like, personality disorders. It wouldn't just be, oh, you're a psychopath. Yeah, totally. So, like, antisocial behavior, um, manipulative behavior. What, what, um, throughout the movie, like, did we see a lot of, like, manipulation happening? Not really. We just saw really odd behavior. Uh, actually, no, not really. Maybe slightly um, with uh, who's that other character? Um, you know when they're the business card scene. Yes. Yeah. Uh, another one of my absolute most favorite scenes of <laughs> any movie of all time. Uh, when they're all comparing their business cards, mm. and slowly but surely, as the scene carries on, uh, what feels like a very long extended <laughs> period of time, um, Patrick Bateman continues to get more. Uh, frustrated and he's trying to hide it mm. and the whole experience is just making him like sweat profusely and Lewis is like are you and... alright Bateman like you're sweating yes uh, that character with with the uh, the hair that like parts ways and just kind of like this nerdy <laughs> oh, little and character. Patrick Bateman is having an affair with his like with Lewis's partner uh, well, uh, fiance yes. um, Courtney who's just always yes. high on Valium all the time like she's just always <sighs> high as balls and i was like that kind of said something as well about american society where um people are rel- not not necessarily taking drugs to ignore issues but it's like a metaphor for how people are just really um oblivious to things that are going on around them mm-hmm. and the state of their yeah. um like like social circles or friends and family and that you know, so Courtney is like the personification of absolute like obliviousness. Yes. Yeah. Because she's just like off and with then, the fairies all the time. Yeah, and then speaking of um, speaking of that character, the other thing I wanted to say before we sort of move on further and further into the film was uh, throughout the movie. I don't know if you got this, but one of the things I really enjoyed that I that I noticed that seemed very um, uh, like planned by the writers or the producers is that there's a lot of you you understand both um, Patrick's character and uh, what was his wife's name again Evelyn his fiance Evelyn yeah yeah like you you kind of understand them uh, quite a bit as individuals which are very shallow anyways. Yeah. But what I what I liked was that they just did not have any relation to one another. No. Like they had this life, they had this life together. Uh, they both lived in New York. They both had this social life, yet both of them were completely disconnected from one another. 
Mm. And you see that sort of uh, that you see the relationship kind of break down uh, the further into the film you get. But I, I just thought that was very well done because it made me it made me look at every relationship I had, um, you know, in my life with with my friends. And I'm like, do, do I have any of these? Yeah. Do I have any of these types of friendships where I like just hang out with certain people yet don't even think about what actually connects us. Yeah. You know, and so I, I don't know if you, uh, if you, if that kind of pulled you in. No, like I definitely can identify with that. Like I didn't think of that, but when you mention it, I look, I can look at my friendships and say, I know what connects me to my friends and why I'm friends (laughs) with them. And it's not for, you know, um, reputation purposes or um Mm -hmm. having a certain social standing or anything like that the people who i had those relationships with are now out of my life because i kind of noticed hey you're not really contributing to my life i'm not contributing to yours let's just not do this anymore like i don't want to do the Mm -hmm. song and dance where people see us publicly but we're not actually friends like i'm sick of that Mm -hmm. shit Mm -hmm. and then uh yeah so so kind of riffing on that theme um i also saw a lot of like relations like the movie was about patrick bateman yeah but all of like most of his other colleagues also seem like psychopaths yeah you know what i mean like jared leto's character paul allen. doesn't seem yeah. <laughs> paul allen doesn't seem any worse like any better mm than um patrick bateman and so the other thing is i i feel like we could have i feel like the film could have been you know replace uh patrick bateman with any of these other guys and you probably have a relatively similar film too i don't know if that was intentional no and i think that they kind of um i think they were just showing the because obviously american psycho is about materialism and us Mm, needing all these things to identify ourselves with and yeah you know like um at the start you know they're going to a fancy restaurant one of the guys is like oh you know this bathroom's terrible to do coke in and it's yeah. just like it also riffs on like sorry not riffs like rips on 80s businessmen like as these yeah. ultimate materialistic like i only care about working on wall street and you know like throughout yeah. the film you know patrick bateman's like don't you want to know what i do and it's like, what does yeah. he actually do? <laughs> that's very, that's always left very unclear. Yeah. Right? You um, don't know what, and, like and the what... thing is like, this film is so freaking ambiguous. Like it is just, yeah. and I think that's the intention, you know, that you can watch this and reflect and be like, well, wait, okay. So Patrick Bateman's meant to be a psychopath. I do all these things. Does that mean I'm a psychopath? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And like, I'm not a materialistic person. And so I can look at this and go, oh, I I don't care about... I have the things that I like, like certain perfumes that I like. And um, I only buy them when I can afford them. Like, they don't define me, though. Whereas in this film, everything that these people do and acquire and attend defines who they are. Yeah, I think... I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that was also very relevant to the time like the 80s 70s 80s you know it was way more common for people to 
completely identify with their work, their jobs, their career, their security, their home life. Uh, whereas now I feel like, you know, as as millennials and even Gen X to a degree sort of work work more and more, I feel like there's this culture of, you know, we don't have to do that. We don't have to do, do one thing our whole lives. We can switch it up and change it up and we don't actually need all these things that we're raised to think yeah to think we do and i had this conversation um, with my dad um i had my anti-capitalism conversation with my dad and like he knows that i don't um want to do what i'm doing forever and i said you know things like he said to me you know you've just got to do what you can to get by and i was like no no i don't dad mm, i don't anymore mm-hmm. Funny that it's 2020. I don't have to have that attitude anymore about the things that I'm doing. Like I can just do, I could go be a bungee jumping instructor in Thailand if I wanted to be. Yeah. That's a, that's very, that attitude is very much a product of his time. I think. Oh, absolutely. My dad's a boomer. So I will not, not a classic boomer. He was like born in the last year of the boomer era, but obviously a lot of his peers would have that attitude where, you know, you've got to do the one thing forever. Like my dad was in the military police. He did that for 25 years and he went part time when I was a kid and started working in debt collection. So he is a, um, licensed debt recoveries officer. So he used to work for major banks here. Some of his clients, you know, uh, were Warner brothers. Um, like he, yeah. So he was like, thick skin. Yeah, and now he works for the New South Wales government um, doing similar stuff. So he has always been in this one role. And mm-hmm. I understand why, because he would have been taught that once you get a job, you stay there. Like, you you just do what you're good at. And there's no mm. mentality of changing what you're good at. Mm-hmm. Or, like, learning something new yeah. and becoming good at that. So I'm just like... And, yeah, and I... The... the the film takes place in this in this era yeah. where it's you know relatively a bunch of people in their thirties. Boomers, you know, they were boomers. Boomers, yeah, yeah. But it's it's interesting to kind of transport yourself back to that that time and and think you know, uh, with the landscape that you're working in, I wonder how much your your attitudes might shift. Because mm. I I am also not a historian, but what what was the area like post post world war two let's repopulate america yeah we had the same thing when was here. that um yeah. that was just before vietnam got it so we had so that 19 it would have been no because vietnam was the 70s so yeah it would have been post world war two yeah. in australia we had the whole have one for mom one for dad and one for the country and then, and then, do you know off the top of your head? I sorry, I'm so bad at doing research. But when, when American, like when the characters in American Psycho, like what year it was? It was the '80s. Yeah, right? I think it was like late '80s, mid to late '80s. That's right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, these the 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 young people like working and being portrayed in the film uh, were our age, but they were a product of you know this this earlier post post world war ii post vietnam generation yeah where uh like capitalism was on the rise big business big money repopulation and like all these things like materialistic things were 
really one of the main ways of like showing your success and yeah. your ability to and how you know, you're a like oh what's the word a, a genuine member of society yes that's right that's right yeah thank you that's that's a good way of putting it you're like hey um, i obviously contribute to society because look at all the shit yeah, i have yeah and it's just like that's insane so, <laughs> Can we can we talk a little bit about the business card scene though? Yeah, we can. We'll we'll go from there. So so like that scene was when I saw it for the first time. It was so. It was it wasn't like cringy. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't classify it as cringy. But I was just. I felt I felt so drawn into like, like the fly in the room, like just yeah. watching everyone react and respond to each other while Bateman is just getting more and more and more like his frustration level is so clearly going 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 through the roof yeah um and then he pops and then you have you have uh L Lewis right just completely um you know airy fairy not even really uh reading people and then you've got um Paul Allen, who is, you know, he's like kind of the king shit guy. And he also room. doesn't know Patrick as Patrick. He thinks he's Marcus, some other guy. Yes. So it just goes to yes. prove how frustrating that it even be for Patrick. Because he's like, he doesn't even recognize me. Like... <laughs> I forgot about that little tidbit <laughs> that he got right. that he's Marcus. He's not he's not Patrick to to Paul Allen. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Um and then uh the the terminology in which they describe the different types <laughs> oh. of like lettering and um type of paper oh, and, yeah. the, and the, the different shades of white, and... <laughs> you know. And they all look the fucking same. Yeah. You know, and, and I it's think that just, goes to show like the mentality of how comparing your own assets to other people is meaningless and pointless. Yeah, and it's yeah, just like why yeah. even don't compare yourself to other people. You all have the same shit. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Why do you care? But that so much? was that was that was so meaningful to people in that era. Like yeah. I even worked I've worked with a lot of you know, old ad executives um, that sort of are a are a relic of the past, and that shit really matters to them. You know, I write so, my phone number and email address on like a piece of paper if someone asks for my business card. Yeah, I'm like, no I don't one even uses business cards anymore. Yeah, absolutely. And we kind of see that after this, um, how much it has affect Bateman because he actually goes out and murders a homeless guy and his dog and it's just like I hate this yes. scene I hate it yeah um, it's a tough one it was really yeah it's really hard to watch and but you can see that the frustration and the lack of importance that he felt like he didn't feel mm -hmm. important enough to everybody in that room like, mm -hmm. and that's where the narcissism comes in. Because it's just like, nobody gave me the attention that I wanted. Yeah. Like, I wasn't given the validation that I was seeking. And because I'm Patrick Bateman, people should give me that. Mm -hmm. And it was just yeah. really, like, fucking nuts. And, and I guess that was, that was kind of where... Uh, 
it it really spiraled into like the American Psycho yeah. title of the film. Because after that, um, he goes to dinner with Paul Allen, who still thinks he's Marcus. Yeah, <laughs> still thinks he's Marcus. Um, what was where was this? Was that that was right before? You know how he's you know how he's um you get these like inner monologues. Yeah. And how he's, uh, what what part was it where he was like reciting the inner monologue, and he was saying how, uh, oh, it was when he was he was talking about the music when Paul when after dinner when Paul Allen yeah, came so, to his place. Yeah, so he gets Paul really drunk, right? And this is where you're just like, what? Because he says to Paul Allen, and now because we've had a couple of these internal monologues, like at the start of the movie, he's at a bar. And yes. he says yes. to the bartender, you know, I want, like, oh, you're a fucking ugly bitch. I want to stab you to death and play around with your blood. And you're just like, yeah. and you don't know <laughs> if she heard him or if he's thinking he said it or he said yeah. it really low so that she couldn't actually hear it. But while he's talking with um, Alan, he, they, um are talking as Marcus and Paul Allen about Bateman. And mm-hmm. Paul says, you know, um, oh, Evelyn, great ass. You know, she goes out with that loser Patrick Bateman. What a dork. Yes. And he's just like, ha, 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 another martini, Paul? And it's yeah. just like he's made that decision there and then that he's going to fuck shit up for Paul. And it's because, like, yeah. um, so the director, Mary Harron, she has basically said that I chose Bale for this role as Bateman because he's a massive dork. And that's what they wanted to portray Bateman as, like this absolute fucking loser yeah. um, who thinks they yeah. are so amazing. And so many people think that, you know, like um, yeah. the absolute dickheads in society just think they're fucking amazing. And mm-hmm. I think that she really did this because so many people who were casting Bateman we're looking for this really cool guy, you know, the the masculine, oh. cool dude, you know, everybody loves and he's really in. And Harren was like, no, 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 no. Bateman is a fucking loser. Hmm. Like, he is a dork and everybody around him thinks he's just an idiot. And you wow. kind of see that I didn't know throughout that. the movie, you know, that people just That's have... very cool. Yeah, have contempt for him and kind of just dismiss him here and there. So I think we're seeing a lot of the movie from who he thinks he is. And it's just so jarring to see how people react to what he says. Because yeah. I, I now watch it and go, okay, well, Patrick Bateman thinks this is who he is portraying to these people and their reactions just don't match what he how he is acting and what he is saying yes i i'm so glad i'm so glad you you said that because i had no idea that that was the that was the intent yeah. and as you're describing that i i'm like oh, relating to that yeah. i'm like yeah no nobody throughout the whole movie like He's this big, like, VP, daddy's company, but there's all these parts in the film where he doesn't really get taken very seriously. Nope. Um, which uh, is not something I picked up. And the funny thing is, I'm like, does... Okay, so yes, Patrick Bateman, Chris, Christian Bale character. Is mm-hmm. that what he actually looks like to everybody? Or does he just think that's how he looks to everyone? 
Oh my god. That oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, you just blew my mind a little bit because it's all through his perspective, right? It's his story and how he sees him mm-hmm. as this player in this world. Is that what he actually looks like? Does he actually have his hair like that? Is he actually that sculpted? You know, does he actually dress that well? Yeah, the, it, which which brings us kind of semi naturally to the scene, the sex scene where <laughs> he's he's looking in the mirror. And he's like flexing his muscles and yeah. really just getting off to his uh, version of himself. Exactly. And that's what makes me think. <laughs> it, does he actually look like that? Or is he just, you know what I mean? Like, is, is it him? Or is this his um, version uh, of himself that he thinks everybody sees? It's insane. I, I love it. I love it. That's so great. <laughs> but before that sex scene, which just fucking weirds me out, um, mm-hmm. he does... This is... This is my favourite scene. The Paul Allen in Patrick Bateman's apartment. I fucking love this scene. Because this, to me, is Ta- ultimate, like, psychopath. Just sum- summarise it quickly. Oh, okay. Well, he, just the hip to be square, where he's like talking about um, Huey <laughs> yeah. Lewis, and he's like, you know, it's the the greatest artistic, you know, um, songs of all time, and 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 he's just paraphrasing a, a review, yeah, right? Like yeah. that's the thing is nothing he nothing he says about anything, anything. is really of his own opinion. Yeah, it's just paraphrasing, like regurgitating news or reviews or things he's read somewhere else and that's what makes me think he's a fucking huge dork because that's shit i do (laughs) like obviously i have my own opinions and stuff but i like to be able to recite that stuff for people to give them information that they might not have had in you know the past yeah i mean there's i think the big difference is how intentional you are with absolutely the purpose like how intentional you are with the delivery Mm. You know, because uh, if it's a psychopath, <laughs> you're like, I need to recite this as exact and as normal as possible in order to fit in. To look normal. Whereas like, normal. whereas like you want, probably just want to be informed yeah. and have like good facts and, and be knowledgeable about a topic. So, you know, you can speak to it firmly like, to I other people. I read this article and it said such and such. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, he um absolute his whole apartment is covered in plastic, which speaks again to psychopathy. So like <laughs> yes. everything being absolutely planned to the T. Uh, and and wait, hold on a sec. And and Paul Allen is wasted. Does he wait? Paul Allen does say something about the plastic, doesn't he? Um, I didn't make I a forget. note of that. Maybe he, he comments he. He, there's some snide remark that Paul Allen makes about the the furnishings yeah. or something. I thought he which, just said something about nice view, but yeah, maybe. But what? Regardless, it further fuels the hatred and the intent to kill. Oh, yeah, and then he just had, like I just love his raincoat that he has on. Yeah, and he's like yeah. doing his little dance as he's like dancing to hip to be square and yes. at the start of the movie like Evelyn calls him a square and it's just like all these like little connecting things and I'm like okay there's a reason he put this on maybe it's like him saying yes. hey fuck you Evelyn it's cool to be a square like this whatever 
So, um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I love this scene because um, you don't actually see the axe hitting Paul Allen. It's just the splashback of this just blood going up um, Patrick Bateman's face. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I kind of enjoy that for what it is rather than making it a gore film. It just all alludes yeah. to him doing these things because we don't actually see him doing them. Later on, when you're thinking about the film, it's like, did he actually do them? Because we don't see him doing it. Oh, yeah. So I think that kind of helps play... Because like I said, it the, the ending is so ambiguous. The whole film is so ambiguous that you're like questioning yeah. Patrick Bateman's um, actual actions, you know, because he talks about how he's killed all these people. and It's like, but we never see him do it. So therefore, as the viewer, we have proof, hey, maybe he didn't do it. Like, we have reasonable doubt to believe that he didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I Sorry, you're blowing my mind a bit right now because I know the ending. <laughs> like, the ending is much. always... <laughs> the ending has always, like... I. The ending is so ambiguous, which yeah. is why, you know, it's there's so many blogs and articles that have been written about how ambiguous the movie is, but I don't think I don't think I went as deep back as you did and and questioned every every scene the way you're doing it right now, whereas like I feel dumb for not doing it because No, I've I've honestly uh, watched this movie so many times and had so many conversations about it. Okay. That, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I, I was online last night reading so many articles because I was like, "What?" Like, it was just literally like, "What does American Psycho mean?" And obviously, mm-hmm. my opinions differ to what I read, but a lot of it was just like, "It's ambiguous. It's ambiguous. It's ambiguous." I was like, "Fuck! It really is, isn't it?" Like, for example, for example, I never, it never really clued. I never connected that you don't actually see him murdering. No, you don't see any him... Uh, cu- you you see him with the weapons and with, like, blood on his face, but you don't see him actually physically killing these people. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, the Yeah, the my favourite part about that scene when uh, Paul Allen comes over is... Uh, is Huey Lewis in the news and yeah. how he's describing he's describing the music and like excitedly getting ready to like kill, kill someone. <laughs> it's just he's got like a big smile most... on his face and you're like, what the fuck? It's gotta be one of the most just like jaw-dropping scenes in any movie because like Christian Bale, I I like Christian Bale a lot too. And yes. he was like, I feel like that his his um, acting in American Psycho probably had a lot to do with putting him on the map. I don't know yeah. if that's true or not. No, I, I agree. And it's arguably one of his best films. Hands down. Oh, besides, I really enjoyed The Machinist. But um, oh yeah, yeah him yeah. in American Psycho, yeah, definitely was just like a, hey, I'm here. Check me out. He did just a yeah. mind-blowing job as Patrick Bateman. And if you've read the book, like, you can... Well, if you, what you, I highly recommend reading the book. You can see the um, like the dorkiness that Patrick Bateman is meant to be, and you can see it in Christian Bale and his acting. Yeah, I um, I should check out the book Do it. because it's so worth. Like it. I'm no, I'm notoriously. I think probably only the only series I read before actually watching the movies was like Harry Potter, and I think I don't <laughs> even. I don't even think I finished the last installment of yeah. the book um but uh 
you know, I do believe it's true where like most people say the the book is just so much better in a lot of ways than the films are. With this one? I don't know if you find that. I think they're easily on par. On par. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. I I and I normally will always say movie isn't as good as the book. All every cuz I read a lot. <laughs> I read a, like before I'd even turned 15, I'd read The Hobbit and read all of the Lord of the Rings books wow. and I'd read all of Harry Potter and most of the time now when a movie comes out that's an adaptation of a book, I've already read the book. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'll watch the movie because I like The Witches. Um, I'd read all of Roald Dahl's books before they became movies. So, so you, you must be you must be able to read quite fast. Yes, because I feel I'm like if you if you are able to do that, <laughs> yeah, which I, is a rare quality. In My today's dad and day I and both can do it. So do you do you have like a book club? Um, I actually used to have a bookstagram, which was really cool. <laughs> Oh, what happened to that? Um, I just couldn't manage doing that and work and um, like mental health care stuff that I was doing at the time. And yeah, I it just see. got hard to balance it all. And I kind of just got over it. Like I read a lot more doing it because I was writing reviews. Like yeah. I was getting sent books from like Simon and & Schuster and Penn Macmillan and like I was writing no reviews for them. And then I just, it just got really overwhelmed, like a lot of work. And I was like, I kind of want to yeah. read now just for my enjoyment. So I'm reading Stephen King at the moment. So, Oh, that's cool. I'm reading uh, Dr. Sleep. It's taking me a really long time, though. Only because um, I've really poor... Oh, I saw the movie. The movie's so good. <laughs> I love the movie. As soon as you said that, I was like, wait, was did I watch that movie? Yeah. And yeah, it was really good and really it. fucking scary, too. Oh, really? Did you find it? I didn't find it scary. Oh, I didn't find it scary. <laughs> I just... I'll I tell it you, I'll just... It, it was magical, but side... Just quick sidebar. The thing I found most scary is, was is how they uh, they would suck the souls out of people. Yeah, that was pretty scary. Yeah. That was And it that wasn't was out of people. It was just, like, out of really special people who had The Shining. I know. Leave them wow. alone. Oh my gosh, Psychos. that would be a that would be a good one to do a podcast on. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. And <laughs> and you also you also just mentioned a a movie that just like blasted me into the past, which was The Machinist. Yeah, that's so good that movie. Which which just quickly another movie I just sort of watched on a whim without knowing anything about. And then was disturbed for weeks yeah, afterwards. Yeah, it's definitely one of those movies. Like, deeply disturbed. Yeah. It's really... Anyways. And it's really sad, that movie, as well. <laughs> On top of it all. Yeah. I don't know. Was that, <laughs> I'm one of those was weirdos that, that's everything sad. That was, that was after American Psycho, yeah, right? Yeah. I think The Machinist was... No, The Machinist was before, I think. Let me have a look. Yeah, we gotta we gotta fact check that because Yeah, the machinist was two thousand and five. So five years after American Got it. I that, wasn't sure if that it was makes before sense. or after. Yeah. Um what uh what about what about the scene where he drops the chainsaw down the down the stairs? Before that, my favorite my favorite bit after this Huey Lewis scene is when he goes yeah. to Paul Allen's apartment. And he's like, oh, much better view. Obviously, he pays a lot more rent than what I do. <gasps> and I was like, 
well, he doesn't anymore because you just fucking killed him, so... Yeah. And leaves, like, the voicemail. And then this is the scene where he grabs the two prostitutes and goes back to his house for the sex fest. Yeah. And he calls the girl Christy. And I'm not sure if that's Paul Allen's girlfriend's name because he tells the prostitutes that his name's Paul Allen. So... Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, my gosh. All Thank you for remembering these details. <laughs> um, I, like, take notes. I, uh... I'm like, ah... You know, every time, every time, uh, you know, I see sex workers portrayed in film. Oh, I shouldn't have said prostitutes, like, because that's what I have written here. Oh. Oh, that, I feel that's dirty. A, that's I'm a, gonna I, beep that. Yeah, word. that's okay. I, I guess I, my, um, my girlfriend is like very, uh, very on. Uh, she's very up to date with like all the politically correct terms. I just don't like the and word I prostitute. Just, does it have a negative connotation or something? Why is that? I don't know. I just prefer the word sex worker because it kind of like involve, includes everybody that works in that I industry. See. Like it's an inclusive that's true. term. Yeah, I, yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't realized that. But yeah, but, I feel like um, in Australia, prostitute has a very negative connotation. It is, I guess, I guess historically used as, a, as an insult. Yes, yeah. In a lot of ways, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. But I um I remember when I saw that scene where uh he he hires the two sex workers, just feeling like very um scared and anxious. Yeah. Because as as a sex worker, like um you're you're kind of at the whim of your clientele. Yeah. Um and you're providing a service and this depending on the preference of your client, they can be, you know, very different and uh, far from one another and i i just like i guess knowing too like getting watching that much of the movie and seeing seeing uh bateman interact with the world You're i just, just like, i was uh, like no Ugh. get away from him and especially the scene that was really like concerning for me sorry um was when he yeah. had one of the girls um that he called christy in the bath and he's yeah. being nice to her and i was just like that's making me feel more sick than you just being your usual self because we we totally. as a viewer know that's not him that that's not what he's like and then obviously but so does so does the so does the sex worker. You, you, doesn't doesn't the sex worker also kind of feel a bit weird about it? Yeah, too? you can tell that she's very awkward and concerned, like about what's going to happen next. And this is where I'm yeah. saying, like, the reactions of the people he interacts with do not balance the actual things that he's saying and doing. So this is where I'm like, it's his perception and um, projection he's putting out. That yeah. isn't what he's actually doing. Yeah. And we're only seeing what he's doing. Like, he thinks he's doing. I, um... Oh, my God. E everything you're saying, like, <laughs> I just... I feel like I have to go rewatch the movie <laughs> under a completely different lens. Yeah. Like, I feel like I've, I I've watched... Yeah, I, I've watched it a couple times, and, and I feel like I've been watching it the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> based on what you're saying which makes a lot of sense i think it's all the um like the sociology stuff that i've done 
that's mm-hmm. given me a different type of critical lens when I watch movies because I like to look for like um you know mm. messages about society in movies so I'm always watching for that and watching and going okay well is he doing this because of you know society says that he has to be like this or you know it's Got that's it. the way I watch films not true and a lot of the time I find it really hard to enjoy films because my brain automatically goes into that mode and I'm like ah now I'm analyzing this whole film yeah I um I think I have a lot of friends that are just so judgmental about movies I kind of go the opposite yeah I'm just like let me just try and find something I enjoy about Mm. it because this is my time I'm investing into this. Often, oftentimes you're paying for the experience to watch a movie. Um, but, but I do, I do want to watch American Psycho again, uh, with, with a better mind <laughs> of like what to look at. Yeah. And I then, just find it's really, it's really interesting if you do watch it that way. Cause you're just like, wow. Okay. The way she looks at him because of what he said doesn't match for me. Oh, got it. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the the other. So when, so that murder scene, like this, the when you know, he goes he goes crazy with the sex worker. Mm. That that's when I that's the first time in the film, uh, as someone kind of going in blind, I was like, wait, what is really going on here? Yeah. Because to she, so they escape. They're running down the stairs, and then he drops... Oh, that's not this the... bit. He brings them back a second time. So they leave this time. But they leave, oh, like, all banged yes, up. Oh, yes, you're right. And then the next day, um, the police come to his house. Oh, no, his work. And they're like, hey, you know, Paul Allen's gone missing. Yeah. Um, do you know anything about it? Apparently he's in London. Someone so saw him there. And you're just like, this is really fucking weird. Because there's they witnesses said, the that The police said... said he was in London? Well, they think he's gone missing. Um, and then Patrick Bateman's like, oh, well, so-and-so, you know, said he was in London. They saw him at a restaurant in London. Oh. And so... Which is just... But the police are there because Paul Allen worked at Pierce and & Pierce. And mm-hmm. Bateman is the vice president. So, of course, he's going to come in and ask... Hey, what do you know about Paul Allen? Tell us about him. And the thing yeah. is that Patrick is able to basically tell him everything about Paul, about his where he went to school, um, who his girlfriend is, um, the type of suit that he wears, like obsessively knows shit about this guy. <laughs> I forgot about that. And that's a thing that narcissists do, right? Um, yes. They remember shit so that they can use it against people in the future. I don't, I like keeping tabs. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know what they... There's an actual term that, um, like, like psychologists give it. And, um, yeah, oh, so that's... they'll remember things about people so that it can be used in information later, either for positive gain or for, like, um, detrimental gain. That's so, that's so creepy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I've, I've done a lot of like personal reflection into like how I have, um, you know, maybe, maybe contributed in some way to, to making people feel uncomfortable. Mm. And 
I'm pretty good at that. Like I've, I've been able to somehow remove a lot of that like ego and pride that maybe might stop other people. And if there's anything I've like seen and learned from, you know, seeing this story over and over again, it's that even if it takes like decades, the truth will always Hmm. somehow surface. Yeah. And if, if you operate from that belief, you know, it, it really makes it easier to just be honest upfront and blunt with people, even if it is painful, even if it is hard and difficult, because there's no like easy way out of like pushing down lies and weird fucking manipulations. Do you know how I get around that? Uh, I don't lie. I don't lie. I I physically and mentally cannot lie. Yeah. I, I do. I lie how I'm feeling at work. That, I that's think like, that's different. You're lying about yourself, not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I was on. Um, I mean, my 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 poor girlfriend Talia. She never hears the fucking end of it. Um, just about how fed up I am with mm. some of the corporate bullshit that goes on. And uh, we're driving up somewhere. She's in the car with me, and I'm like on a conference call on speakerphone, and somehow like. people are on the call are like complaining about you know how they feel like it's friday just the usual bullshit and uh somehow i chime in and i like unmute myself and i'm like guys come on when you love your work you don't work a day in your life and i'm like i i was like why did i say that that's like the most bullshit fucking thing And it's like a coping, it's like a coping thing because you're desperately trying to like claw your way out. Anyways, I'm going to go on, I'm going unintentional, shut myself up. I get it though. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's good because. I think that's different to lying about things that, you know, affect more than just you and, you know, your 2am anxiety that wakes you up going, why the fuck did I say that on that phone call? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, thank you. That makes me feel better. <laughs> no, I, I find that normal. Um, like, my boss will be like, how you doing? And I'm like, yeah, I'm great. And inside I'm like, what? why am I lying? Yeah, yeah. Everyone's just trying to get by, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I feel like that's a little bit different. Um, so if I was, if I was, so when I watch American Psycho for the, yeah. f- the next time I watch it, like, I'm going to look I'm going to look out for more more themes around um, what's real and what's not. Yeah. Is it is it Patrick Bateman who we're seeing who the film is being portrayed through or is it like third person? Are we just watching a bunch of big executives? What else should I look out for? Um, His interactions with people. Yeah. And you can see how awkward and off putting he really is. Like, at the start of the Got movie, um, at the start of the movie, they all give him a hard time for being politically correct. Because he's just, like, quit it with the oh, anti-Semitic yeah. um, the anti-Semitic marks, remarks. And obviously, during that time, men aren't politically correct. So, obviously, he's a loser because he's, you know, trying to tone police them in a way. Cause he, cause he read it somewhere or something. Yeah, right? he was he had read something, and then you know at another meeting, another lunch, uh, dinner or something, you know, um, he's 
you know, someone says, what about the such and such in Yemen? And he's like, we've got so much more to worry about, you know, solving world hunger and homelessness. And he goes on this big spiel about all these like um, social issues that are occurring and reducing materialism in the youth and disconnecting them from blah, 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 blah. And it's just like a jock dude, like a Chad, would not be saying that at a lunch, like a dinner with a whole bunch of friends, like only a dork what society at the time would label a loser or a dork or a nerd or whatever, you know? Yeah. That's another thing. I, I, and I, I, that's, that's another thing I did not clue into. Like I didn't pick up on those, on those, um, subtleties, but as you're saying it, I'm like, Oh my God, you're right. Like a, a business, like a executive at a fucking firm would never give a shit about any of that. They wouldn't even know about it. Huh. And then there's and also... And they do give him a hard time. They give him so much shit all the time. Yeah. Weird. And then there's um, so- the juxtaposition or the ju- the dichotomy between his um, out in social world versus him in his home world as well. So you've got him like this sexual deviancy coming out and he's, you know, really intense with sex workers. And then there's... The, the chainsaw scene, you know, where yeah, he's just so yeah, brutally yeah, yeah. violent, but in his everyday social life where he's at work, he's such a cal- not calm, but there's a massive like mask there. That's you know, and I think in a monologue he talks about how the mask of reality is slipping, and you know, but we are already seeing that in his home life, you know, where he's you know chopping up sex workers and putting heads in fridges and. Um, he has his, um, later on, he has his assistant come over um, for, for dinner. They're meant to be going to Dorsia for dinner. And everyone's obsessed with Dorsia because oh, that's where you've got to be. Yeah. And yeah, 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 he yeah. offers her, this is one thing where I was like, okay, I can, this broke it for me the first time I watched it. He has, um, he offers her gelato and he says, you know, no, I'm on a diet. No, no thanks. Here you go. Enjoy. And she's finished, and she goes to put the spoon on the table. And he, like, cracks it, and he's like, no, 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 put it in the tub. (laughs) But at that same time, he opens the freezer, and there's the head of one of the sex workers in a plastic bag on the (laughs) shelf. And, like, like I said, we never see him killing these people. Like, what's going on? Is he, um... Is he actually, like, paranoid psychoactive? Um, That he's, like, these are illusions that he's having, like, delusions that he's having? Um, Yeah. Because, like, after he breaks off his engagement with Evelyn, he goes to the ATM and the ATM says, feed me a cat. Feed me a stray cat. Yeah, that's right. And do you know what this reminds me of every time? Do you ever remember that video meme? Um, where the ATM card is like flipping, trying to get into the ATM. I gotta find it. It cracks how me long up ago, every time. What, how long? How old is that meme? Oh, real pretty old. Okay, no, I haven't seen oh, that one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find it. I gotta find it. There's only, there's only a few like ATM memes. Um, it's like a video, but... and it's like, please. Uh, I've got to find it because it. I lose my shit watching it every time. Oh my god, I found it! <laughs> yes. You have to link the. You have to link the video in the uh, description. 
Yeah, I'm gonna. I am. I will link it. I'm gonna share it with you so you can watch it, and people can hear your reaction <laughs> to the video. Oh my god! Send it. I need to see this. It cra- I should rare. watch it on repeat because it just cracks me up. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh my god! So it's ha- it's it, the screen is glitching out, and then the the person is like <laughs> trying to get that. tries to emulate. Oh my god, that's so funny! I have seen that, that one. Repeat. I fucking love it. Well, it's it's rare. It's rare for as some as many know. It's rare for me to see a meme I haven't seen. Oh, before, so I am honored. Congratulations! <laughs> and so when I see a- the ATMs. On American Psycho, I think of that video. You should do your own. You need to do your own like parody video. <laughs> yeah. It could be a series. A ser- it'll just be me at every ATM doing this, or me trying to put but my cat it- in the ATM. But then again, who who really uses ATMs anymore? I I don't even carry cash. I think I have some money in my wallet, yeah. but my nieces will probably end up with that because they my um. My youngest niece is four, and she's always like, can I have the pennies in your wallet? <laughs> and I was just like... That's cute. Pennies? I'm like, well, yeah, there you go. Here's $3. That's cute. <laughs> yeah. She cracks me up. So this I'm is ch- where the, like, the meltdown of Patrick Bateman happens. And now, I do, like I said, does it happen? Or is he imagining it? Is he having, like, a... An, like a um, paranoid schizophrenic episode in a way. I don't so know it's... much about mental health disorders so I'm going to always shoot, because with schizophrenia you you do suffer um, paranoid delusions and, and whatnot and hallucinations so I don't know if this is one of those. This is like this is like towards the end of the yeah. movie. Where he um, kill, he he goes to kill the cat but he actually shoots a woman instead because the woman's like, don't do that to the cat that's right. And then he's chased right, by right. police. This is where, and th- this is where I like, I'm at this, the point in the movie where I'm just like, what? okay, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. What did I just watch? Uh, is really where it starts to mm. unravel for me, which is why I want to go back and sort of rewatch it. And also I feel like you read a bunch of really cool articles yeah. that I have not read. I'll either. see if I can um, find them and I'll send them through to you. Yeah, please do. Cause I, I'm almost like right now, I'm like right after we wrap this podcast up, I want to go watch the film again. I like, think I, I also, I, kid you not. I think I might also have, because I'm doing YouTube videos uh, soon, which just talks about like um, sociology and criminology in horror movies. Um, yes. And I think I have an American Psycho, I can't remember, um, I'm not too sure, because I have like all folders. Uh-huh. Um, no. And I had a journal article on, um, on, um, American Psycho. So I might try and find it and I'll send you that. Because I read that and I think it talks about, um, like mental health and whatnot in American Psycho. Does, is there, did you ever stumble upon any, like, um, uh, like interviews from, the director or the producers that like, is there, is there anyone who made the film on record that, that admitted to, um, 
the film being made through Patrick Bateman's no. point of view? No, I didn't find anything. But now that you say that, I kind of want to look for interviews. I only found like um, articles that have been written with quotes, like direct quotes yeah. and stuff. So I'd be more intrigued reading, more inclined, sorry, to read um, actual interviews. Yeah. I think it just might be hard to dig yeah. up because this year it's 20 years since the film was released. So, uh, Well, Kat, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I know. It's been great. Yeah, like this, I feel like it's been a long time coming and I'm yeah. glad we could finally... Do you want to... It's so hard. Do we uh... want to talk about the end? Yes. Because I feel like that's going to be really important to contribute to the ambiguity that is this fucking movie. Well, all... So, like, my experience with the end of it yeah. is is just, like, confusion. Like, yeah. I was just confused. <laughs> And do you know why I found it confusing? Is because everybody also gives him different names. Like, the cop calls him yeah. Davis, and then someone calls him Marcus, and then he gets, like, another name, and then sometimes he's Patrick, and it's like... Is this to show... And this is what I read last night, right? That, um... Basically, the end, where he's just like, um, this confession meant nothing, is to uh -huh. show how... He just blended into society and nobody even noticed. Nobody noticed him. That's why he's given all these different names. That's why nobody believes him when he says he murdered all these people. Um, the cop doesn't believe him. Like, mm -hmm. but the thing is, like someone also said in another article, maybe he did kill all these people, but he definitely didn't kill Paul Allen like he thinks he did. He just wanted to kill Paul Allen, but never achieved oh. that. I feel like it's got to be one or the other. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's too much for my little brain to comprehend. <laughs> like, a little bit, a hybrid yeah. of the theories. Like, I almost am just like, give me one, or, like, g put my mind at ease. Give me one or the other. Like, none of this shit about, like, maybe he did some of the murders. Maybe he didn't. I he I am going lawyer. to rewatch the film. Yeah, watch it. Uh, under, under the, the, uh slightly modified lens of constantly questioning whether uh this is actually happening or not yeah use that lens in everything that patrick bateman does or says yeah 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 because he calls his the... lawyer who's out to dinner and his lawyer calls him davis you know when what? He's, you know when he's like thinks he's get he's like getting chased by the cops and he like runs into his workplace and he's like holed up and there's like helicopters everywhere and so he calls his lawyer and um you know he had called his lawyer and confessed to murdering Paul Allen and his lawyer just laughs at him and he's like oh whatever you're joking like they saw they've seen Paul Allen out you know he's in London you're crazy Oh my god, I missed yeah. that detail. Yeah. Like I didn't yeah, I didn't I didn't pick up on um I don't know why. I seemed like a a, a daft idiot, but I didn't pick up on all the like different uh names that people call yeah. him. Yeah. Cuz I'm just like like Paul Allen refers to him as Marcus and his lawyer calls him Davis and then um it's just crazy because um, the police officer, when he first goes to see Patrick, says, you know, Alan in his diary was meant to be having dinner with Marcus on such and such a night. 
yeah, before yeah, yeah. he went missing. And Patrick's like, you're like, was it Patrick that was out to dinner? Or was Patrick hallucinating that whole interaction? Because that I have, I have read about um, instances where, you know, people with bipolar disorder um, or dissociative uh, schizophrenia or something yeah. will, will hallucinate entire periods uh, in their heads. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so fucked up. <laughs> but then at the end, he, he he just nothing happens. And there's just so many different ways you can look at this. Like, nobody cares yeah. that the son of a CEO of a multi-million dollar company murdered all these people and he just gets away with it. He yeah. hallucinated the whole thing. It's kind of a non-ending. Yeah, there's not an ending. Yeah, that, and that's... That's, um... It's, it's hard to talk about the ending for me because I'm like, well, I... How the fuck do you talk about the ending? Because the film just ends with all this ambiguity. Yeah. And you're like, as the viewer, you're like, wow, what a great ride I just went on. <laughs> this guy murdered but, all these people. <laughs> yeah, and it's 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 almost like it's almost like maybe a window into how Bateman f- maybe feels all the fucking time. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Like, do I exist? What am I? How do I fit sim- into this part yeah. of society? Is it, do, Are we in a simulation? I don't know! I'm sorry. That no, was a dumb thing no, to say. No, not at all. Because a lot of people have speculated that this entire thing is all in Patrick Bateman's head and it's a dream. Oh. Which I, I wouldn't look at that. it that way. Yeah. I definitely look at it more as like a um a split between his reality and what he thinks is his reality and what reality actually is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More yeah. than anything else. Oh, man, that if anything <laughs> this this like being on the podcast has done is it, it's made me like even more excited to watch the movie <laughs> again. I reckon it's definitely worth it. Because you just look at it and you're like... Like, when I was watching it last night, I was just... I hadn't watched it for quite some time. Because, like, mm-hmm. you know when you just watch a movie so much that you kind of just get tired of it? Yeah. And i kind of yeah. done that with American Psycho. And I kind of stopped watching it before I got sick of it. So I was like, I'm not going to let that happen with this movie. And then when I watched it last night, I was like, now I know why I love it. Because it's just so insane mm-hmm. to think well, when that you... this is just a big... Um, I don't know, like, um... <laughs> There's no thing. word for it. <laughs> There's no word for I it. I tried. This, this fever dream. This extended yeah. fever dream. It really feels like uh, that. Well, when you... When we were talking about... Um, like, when we were talking about the the podcast and what what we were wanting to talk about, I think I... I can't remember, but, but you were like, oh, well we should talk about something in this category. And I didn't even like, I didn't even think I was just like, Oh, hands down American psycho. (laughs) Like, uh, there wasn't really any, um, other film in this category that I, I would, would enjoy talking about more. Mm. Why do you think that American psycho is a horror film? Um, 
it's uh, because I think some of the most horrific things that can happen to people are psychological yeah. and in in your own mind. Mm. Not necessarily like sci-fi, but I think some of some of my I, I definitely know like some of my deepest fears that I have are like losing my mind yeah. in some ways or or being being disassociative with what's actually happening around me like to me that is that is horrifying yeah absolutely me i was like oh I, it just sh- talks about the horrors of the of society and how bland white men are yes which is also <laughs> equally horrifying <laughs> how fucking everything's given to white middle-aged men yeah i wonder i wonder if there are any articles i wonder if there are any articles about about that did oh, you I find absolutely any find something yeah, because because I would like to I would like to read about that because that's yeah. also w- super relevant in mm. like today's day and age. I mean, it's been relevant ever since um, white men existed. <laughs> yeah, but I don't. You feel like don't you feel like there's more of a of like a global discussion? Yeah, about it. Yes, though? yeah, definitely. And I think that it like varies people are getting more woke. I, I, yeah, you've got your woke people who think. It's pseudo-intellectualism, and, yeah. you know, they're fighting for rights while also speaking over the top of other people. And yeah, then you have... Yeah, 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 And, like, I don't have any issue with people being educated. It's just how they use the information that they have. And I think that that's where that level of wokeness has gone. But I don't... For myself, I wouldn't categorize myself as woke or anything. It's I went to school, I learned these things, but I'm also interested in bettering myself as a person and, you know, gaining insight into more information. Mm. And it's not my, it's not my role in society to speak over the top of the other voices that need to be heard in regard to those situations. Whereas people who mm-hmm. are in that far left, radicalized, woke section of society that even leftists Mm -hmm. are like what are you talking about because Mm -hmm. you know that's where the turfs live as well they live in there and um non-inclusive feminisms over there (laughs) yeah and it's kind of like where it goes into a circle where you've got like your radical rights and your radical lefts and they almost meet in their like way of pushing their own agendas over the top of everybody else's and it's really it's complex (laughs) That that was that was really actually good recent learning for me too is the um the idea of you know not necessarily as a white person feeling like you should even um add to the conversation because it takes away from you know the the people that actually are going through something that deserve to be heard over you. I don't feel like it's that you can't contribute to the conversation. I think it's knowing when and what uh, your intention yeah. is when contributing. That's what's important. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. always, it's mm-hmm. definitely time and intention for me. Like um, supporting, you know, BIPOC creators, you know, sharing content and highlighting, you know, content creators that I love that aren't, don't look like me or aren't me. And yeah. And I think yeah. that that's important as well. Like, I contribute when I can and when I see it as appropriate. Yeah. Which can be which can be hard to identify sometimes too. And if you can't, then just don't. 
yeah, good call. You know, like, uh, just don't. If you can't find the time when your contribution can be made or should be made, just hold on to it. It's fine. Yeah. But I, lo- I love, um, you know, more men coming to the conversation and about... See, the only thing I can really talk about is feminism, like feminism issues, like female, cis female issues. That's it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, at the moment, there's just no, no conversations I can really contribute to other than if someone comes to me with a question, I can share my personal experiences and opinions on something and that's it or offer resources because like Mm -hmm. as someone who does a lot of research like i can share articles or information like my my partner asks me a lot of questions about feminism and whatnot and i'm glad that i can have those conversations with him yeah yeah that's that's the other big thing too is is having a good sort of stable of like resources behind you to at least like point people in a direction that is more relevant than whatever your own sort of like experiences are as a white person. Yeah. And the thing is also people need to remember that it's not, um, you know, black or indigenous or people of color's responsibility to educate you either. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. It was, it was indigenous. I think it was like an indigenous people's day and, October 12th in uh, America. Nice. And um, I was like, you know what? I I shouldn't. It was on one of my stream days and I was like, I shouldn't stream. But here are some resources that you can go check out today. And then uh, my girlfriend helped me found like a like a a Maori carver. And she was like, you should just like host this this person for the evening. Is it the carver from New Zealand? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's fantastic. He's so funny and he's so um humble and just like Yeah, you wholesome. know you know the person. Yeah, he had um yeah. the New Zealand prime minister on his stream, Jacinda Arden. No way. Yeah, like she came to his house. It was so cool. That is that is really fucking cool. It was really cool. It was, was so it on wholesome. a Twitch stream? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. She's That's like awesome. in her late thirties, early forties. She's the coolest. She's so freaking cool. That's awesome. And they've basically eliminated COVID in their country. So um, what does that tell you about women leading countries? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I there, there needs to be more fucking women running shit. Yeah. Like, we're so done. I, we're so done with old white dudes telling fucking women what to do with their bodies. Oh, don't oh even God. get me started. That's, uh, that's next time. <laughs> that's, uh, I could do a whole podcast on that. I know. <laughs> like, I know. A podcast, like an actual podcast, not just an episode. It'd just be me having a massive rant at the Australian government at the moment, so. Well, I, uh, I, kn- I know what I'm doing tonight. I'm literally going to go and eat pizza and watch, watch American, American Psycho again. <laughs> Amazing. All right. So quickly, before we wrap up and do our little outro, uh, what's the last horror movie you watched? Last horror movie I watched. Oh, my gosh. It was it was recent, actually. Um, It's got to be a movie. Hey, Oh, it can be a TV show. Horror related. Well, I am. I watch this i recently finished watching this extremely dark kind of like psychological horror-ish type movie kind of like along the same lines as american psycho 
called uh, Ratchet. Oh, the TV show Ratchet. Yes. Oh, yeah, I watched that. I loved it. <laughs> I mean, it was like, that's the first thing I thought of when you're like, what was the last horror movie you watched? No, um, Ratchet is absolutely the- loved from the horror community because it's just really friggin' it's intense, huh? Oh my god, I I questioned several times if if I should just stop watching it because oh, really? it was so fucking crazy. Yeah. I'll see th- oh, maybe I just have a different level of what is crazy than other people. The What's the, wrong with me? Things, there, there's a couple things and I have a high tolerance too, but when you start like boiling people, I'm like I'll oh, see that didn't phase uh, me that much because I didn't I don't I don't see what I mean. No spoilers. I don't want to spoil anything, but Ratchet definitely popped into yeah. my head. Um, it's great. I love Sarah Paulson. Made... I am a huge Sarah Paulson fan, so she did it such a brilliant job as Nurse Ratchet. Oh, she was amazing. Like, haunting. Yeah. Have you watched her in American Horror Story? A, a, I've watched a little bit of American Horror Story, but not the yeah. whole thing. She's in um, quite a few seasons um, as, like, the, one of the main characters mainly um i know she's in coven she's in freak she's she's in a lot of horror films isn't she yeah mainly tv shows i think i feel i haven't seen her in many movies to be honest which is weird she's also like gorgeous too she's stunning and she's just yeah like everything she's just amazing i I really enjoyed her in ratchet really really and the guy who plays edmund was also in american horror story freak show and he plays what? a psycho in that as well, named Dandy, who marries oh, Sarah yeah. Paulson's character, who is the two-headed, like, sisters. He was also great he was, in he's Ratchet. Brilliant. He's brilliant. Um, yeah, it was, it was uh, almost like, it was, it was quite a lot. Like, I, I had, I spent about a week recovering after finishing <laughs> the series. I um, binge-watched it. On a Saturday at my house, I was just on the couch, and I got to the about the whole thing. I no, I had like maybe four episodes left to watch, and I got to like episode seven, mm-hmm. and I messaged my sister who had finished the show. So I've got two younger sisters, oh. um, yeah. And so the next one down from me, I messaged her, and I was like, Emily, what the fuck am I watching right now? And she messaged so me back, good. and she's like, Cat. Rebecca, who is our baby sister, just messaged mm-hmm. me saying the exact same thing. <laughs> no way. So, my, so you guys are watching it at the same like, time without even knowing yeah. it? Yeah, so the eldest and the youngest were watching it and both messaging the middle sister being like, what did you make us watch? <laughs> That's so Because my baby sister loves horror movies and she's like, maybe I inherited it from you. And I was like, "Yeah, I don't think so. Because like, I had already, by the time she was in... in High school, like I, we didn't live together, so I was already at a home. Because she's That's only, so I think she's only twenty-two or something. So I'm seven, nine years older than her. <laughs> so I was like, I, I wonder think it's if, me. as you, the older you get, the more. Because I feel like if I watched Ratchet in my twenties, I probably wouldn't have. It probably wouldn't have affected me as no. much. I just would have popped it off. I would have been like, eh. like I would have watched it, but it just would have been like water off a duck's back kind of thing. Yeah, isn't that weird how, um, you know, like, the older you get, the more kind of... I mean, I guess you just take things a little more seriously the older you get. Yeah. So when you see someone fucking boiling alive, you're like, oh, I don't need to see that. Yeah, (laughs) 
Yeah, and I mean, like, I did think that, but I was just like, also, contextual. Back in those days, in that era, that would have been considered appropriate. And so I like to put things into a context shaft, almost, where I'm like, it's going to live in this bubble. Uh, Today, nobody would do that. (laughs) Thank God. Oh, my God. Yeah, Ratchet was definitely the the most recent and... um, like depressing horror, yeah. horror series I've seen recently. Yeah, I just started watching because it only came out. Uh, start of October. Start of October, I think. Because I remember being uh, end of September. I was so psyched on it because I was like, "Hurry up, come out!" Because I love. Star oh, Impulse. you were waiting for. I it. I was like waiting for it to come out, and the uh, day it launches, I got home and I'm like, "Yes!" Because like I get to watch it before America does. So I was like, "Fuck everyone." <laughs> you got to wait until awesome. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I just stumbled upon it. It's, it's great. Like, what the fuck is this? Um, what have I gotten myself into? If you really liked Doctor Sleep, the director, Mike Flanagan, has done um, a series on Netflix called Haunt- uh, The Haunting of Hill House. And he mm-hmm. recently did Haunting of Bly Manor. So, haunting oh. The Haunting of Hill House is fucking nuts. But Bly Manor, and they're, they're not interconnected, so, like, you don't have to watch Hill House to watch um, Bly Manor at all. And Bly Manor's, like, a little bit more toned down than Hill House. But Mike Flanagan did that. So that's what I've, uh, I just started watching this week. And Bly Manor just came out this year, too. Last week or the week before? 9th of October it came out. Oh my gosh, there's there's too much there's too much shit to watch. Do you have Shudder? Cuz I'm obsessed with Shudder. It's um, I I I have a Shudder account, but I don't use it that often. You have to watch Beyond the Gates. It's fantastic. I just watched it this week. It was really good. It's about remember those I, old um, 80s video board games? Oh yeah. It's about that that. It's really good. It's got Barbara Crampton in it as well. Oh my god, and this is 2015. Mm. Is it 2015? 2015 yeah. or 16 or something. 2016. Oh my gosh. I am, um, anytime I ever don't know what to watch, I'm I'm writing you. Yeah. I'm just gonna I just, you. I, my, Ned and I just live on movies because we're both trying to save money. So we literally just stay home and watch movies all weekend, every weekend. This is great. This is so awesome. And Tubi I, has some like, really good stuff as well. Um, thank you so much for these recommendations. You're welcome. <laughs> now I'm like, do I watch this or American Psycho? But I need to focus. You can follow up with, um, if you want some fun with Beyond the Gates. Got it. Yeah. Okay. It's just like, kind of really campy with 80s synth music and... Yeah, I'm down. I'm yeah, down it's cool. With that, though. I loved it. I was like, oh, I like. I just, I'm so really particular about my horror. Like, I'm even yeah. so bad about watching sequels. Like, I suck at like following up with sequels. I just never watch a sequel. And this week, I've been watching this, the the sequels to Scream. So I'm like, finally, watching some sequels. <laughs> I watched Scream too. The sequels to Scream, amazing. Well, I really... Oh, I actually tweeted on my Twitter. I was like, oh, you know, watching the sequels, can't wait, because Scream 5 comes out in January. And my friend's like, Kat, you've got heaps of time. It's January 2022. And I was like, oh, Oh, that actually gives me a lot more time. 
Because that's how much I suck at watching sequels. <laughs> well, there you go. All right. So can and then you... I. Oh, sorry. What was that? Yeah, I guess the the last thing is where can listeners find me? Oh my god! I was just about to say. Can you tell people where we can find you on the internet? Uh, yeah, twitch.tv slash Jomo Senpai. Um, I stream a lot of memes, a lot of <laughs> indie games, uh, recently some horror games in October. You can just find me everywhere on the internet, Jomo Senpai. Just Google it, and uh, I'll show up in a bunch of different places. <laughs> uh, hopefully in the right places. 